offers for you guys so for backstage we are offering two different things for casting directors if you type in persistent and nasty all capital letters at checkout you will receive free castings on the website for actors if you follow the link in the description you will get 12 months free subscription to backstage also for all of our members we are still running the 25% off the monthly subscription for We Edition. We Edition really are the future of casting and right now with everything that's going on in lockdown, they are doing so many amazing things with Casting Crushes Corona, in which you can meet casting directors every day. So head on over to We Edition and type in Nasty25 at checkout to receive 25% off your monthly subscription. Hello everybody and welcome to another Persistent and Nasty podcast. It's Aileen here. How are you all doing? As some of you know, we have ran out of our pre-recorded um, podcasts before lockdown. So as of now, all podcasts will be via Zoom. So there are going to be some sound issues every so often, but we really hope that you will stick with us because we have some brilliant, brilliant podcasts coming up for you. Uh, today's podcast is a review of Romy and Michelle's high school reunion. Can't speak today. Romy and Michelle's high school reunion. It was really great, really enjoyed it, but actually the conversation that we ended up having towards the end of the podcast is really interesting. For those of you who know that we usually release on a Friday, you will also know that this weekend I have had major technical problems and wi-fi issues so the podcast has come out late which i apologize for and also um those of you who are waiting to see the monologue slam it will be up on youtube whenever my wi-fi decides to work oh yes and those of you that will remember my mic broke two weeks ago so i am waiting on the replacement which should hopefully be here soon Hopefully this isn't too poppy for you. Uh, that's really all I've got to say. Apart from we all had a little drink when we recorded this. Um, so get yourself a cocktail, vodka, gin, wine, beer, or you know how much I love a cup of tea. Just get yourself a little cup of tea. As always, guys, sit back, relax, enjoy. I don't know what my palate's ready for. Um, so curious. Funny teeth. Peach, yeah, exactly. It's going to be a disaster wherever way I go yeah. did you see me I literally like licked my tongue round my teeth I yeah. was like what that's, no. uh, that's, now, that's gonna give you now, this is disgusting and I apologize but how come we are now home all the time and I still don't brush my teeth three times a day we're not meant to brush your teeth is that three just times me? a day you're is it not supposed to be like at least two three day? times a day only three I think when you do no, three when you're a child, twice when you're an adult, because you have to be really careful of the enamel. Yeah. You don't want to, yeah, it's just in the morning and, and, and before bed. I'm going to ask, I'm oh. going to send my friend Nikki a message right now and leave this in the podcast so that she can hear it. My idea today, gals, is that I think we should just put this out, however it is, oh of gosh. our review, as oh if gosh. it's a live one. It's practically oh. going to be live. I mean, um, if this was do. live, I would still be mixing a cocktail. Here goes the shake. Okay. 
Is it just me or can you not hear that? Be quiet. <laughs> Why is? Are you are you performing some kind of witchcraft? How are you doing that? How are you not? Why is that not? How are we not getting the sound? Have you not got any ice in that, Misha? There's ice. Of course, there's ice in it. What do you think I am? A bloody fool. Look at the condensation on that. That's so. That is bizarre. That's so weird. Can we just put a sound effect in that as if I was shaking it? No. I can, for context, I can hear it. You can, well, yeah, like, right, okay, for context, you know what this probably is. This is probably some sound thing that your mic is capable of doing. But for the listeners at home, what Misha is doing is she's lit, like, she's holding her cocktail shaker up to her mic and shaking vigorously. And then, no, there's no sound. We can't hear. Do me a wee favor and just shake it. again. I'm just going to film you shaking it. Okay. Three, two, one, go. That's wild. It must be something your mic is doing, Misha. Uh, wait, for, wait for the pour. Oh, we're getting the pour. They're not getting the pour. You must have something on your mic that dulls the sound roundabout, but it's really funny because it's bouncing your voice round, though. Cheers, anyway, cheers, ladies. Cheers. Cheers, cheers, cheers listeners. I'm going to put that right over your computer, Misha. Really clever. Sensible. That's what I did as well. So, um, welcome to our review of Romy and Michelle's high school reunion. <laughs> Exciting yeah. times. Okay, so who wants to start on their feelings of the film? Well, I have a question. Did anybody take notes? What a ridiculous suggestion to ask <laughs> three creative people. Well, that's get fine. Away with drink consistently. No, that's fine. Because I, uh, I did that thing where I was like, oh, maybe I should be really diligent here and take notes. Nah, it's fine. I'll totally oh. remember everything I wanted to say. Fuck, yeah. I did take notes. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> oh, God, I blow myself away sometimes. But my phone's about to die. Right, hold that thought. Let me put a charger on my phone. And then I've got notes too. Okay. See, so Ian's such an organised wanker. How can I also be so simultaneously unorganised? God, I'm really <laughs> petrified you're going to like cope that cocktail right over. Did you put pineapple juice in that, by the way? No, so it was tropical juice, but it does taste like oh, a beach. That's going to be so yeah, sweet. So sweet. That is like... Yeah. Well, I mean, do you know what it tastes like? Um, Holidays? Cocktail. Yeah, it tastes like a holiday cocktail. Sex on the beach. Yeah, it tastes a bit like sex on the beach. It's got peach, peach snaps in it. Sex on the beach. Peach snaps. Delicious. Oh. And it's fresh. And look at that little frothy layer. It's a good, you've, got, you've got a nice sweet top on that. Yeah, it looks nice. But I That's just, a good head yeah. on that cocktail. <laughs> How's the head? It's required. No complaints. <laughs> um, okay. Um, okay, well, I would like to start by saying, very broadly, as a theme, I didn't think it was, I, I kind of went in with um, being a bit cynical about it, like thinking, oh gosh, this is going to be, my, my, my memories of this are going to be ruined because it's going to end up being not very, or problematic, but it wasn't. I didn't actually think it was at all. And, or, or at the very least, it was, uh, it was fine. I thought it was fine. I didn't, there was nothing glaring in it. You know how when you look back on some things, like, for example, Friends, 
everybody loves Friends. We all grew up with it. Mm-hmm. It holds a very special place in our heart. But we look back at it now and we're like, oh gosh, that's uh, there's just like a, a long list of like it's painfully white. It's painfully privileged. There's some like low level homophobia. There's some misogyny in there, and you're kind of like, oh, that's disappointing. I'm gonna I'm gonna still watch it, but uh, disappointing. Um, and I didn't really get that with Romy Michelle, but I don't know how you guys feel. You're looking a little like you disagree. <laughs> it's not that I disagree. So I think my first thing was, um, I, I like I yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's so nineties. Yeah. Which obviously, for me, was right slap bang in my teenage years. So I have such. It's really nostalgic, actually, yeah. for me to watch stuff like that. I mean, I think when uh, we need to lose weight to get a man, I was like, oh, <laughs> fuck off. Yeah, Why? the weight thing is... The weight thing that ran through it was really... That disappointed me. It was, like, like, the main part, wasn't it? It was the yeah. main opening sequence. It was the first 45 minutes of the film. You know, and... Well, um, uh, Mary Savino taking um, a chip, as the Americans call it, a crisp, off Lisa Kudrow, who literally, yeah. there's not a bit of fat on her. Yeah, and I think, uh, yeah, that's a really good point, actually. Cause, and it's funny because some of the funniest lines are related to that, like uh, that line that um, uh, Mina has about, I'm trying this new diet, all I've had is like three jelly beans and, oh, that's yeah. what it was, like, Skittle and Skittles or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And uh, Lisa Kudrow's like, oh, I wish I had your discipline. Yeah. Like, it's very funny, but at the same time, you're like, oh, yeah, that's. But then I wonder to counter that, like, that is such a ridiculous gag. Like, it's so, so ridiculous. I wonder if they're poking fun by making it about this, they're kind of poking fun at it. Oh, I think Maybe that is definitely a part of that where they are making fun of it, but it's just. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of I had the exact same thought that I didn't love the fact that that was the initial main arc, um, but then it wasn't the main arc. Of had, but it was the main kind of it was the focus of the first part of the scene. So it's not the arc. What would you call that? Like the first? There's like yeah, they decide that in order to get boyfriends, they need to lose weight. But it feels such like a flippant gag-based bit of plotline because as we move through the film, it becomes less about that and more about the fact that they are worried that they're going to arrive at this reunion having nothing to show for their lives, like lack yeah, of ambition. Yeah, but that's the other no... thing, though. It's that the, they had to have a man to show. That was that it was like you know we had to be married, or at least have yeah. a boyfriend or fiance. And I was a bit like, and it's only ten years. So what at twenty-eight? Yeah, yeah, 28, yeah. But also part of the learning of the film is coming to realise that they don't need any of those things and like arriving and being besties and being exactly who they are is more than enough. Lisa Kudrow goes out with Alan Cummings and he gives them yeah. all the money to start their business. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah there is something... Um, He's, but do you know what I like about that? So I'm gonna. I think I feel like I'm gonna be in the camp of defending defending this a little bit, because for me he is so. He's just he's just there to serve the Romeo and Michelle narrative. He is so one dimensional. He just comes mm-hmm. in at the end so that we can get to the end, get to the happy ending where they have their shop, 
would it be nicer if they could have made that happen for themselves? Probably. But it's not Citizen Kane, it's Romeo and Michelle. No. <laughs> and then you would have missed that absolutely majestic final dance number, the exactly. trio, mesmeric, contemporary dance, perfection. That yes. scene was choreographed. Absolutely. It was like divine. There's also like an interesting thing about the way that that kind of pans out in the plot in that he's there to check a box and to serve a purpose. But I feel like I didn't get any sense from Romy or Michelle that he's he plays much of a part further in their lives beyond Investor because we don't see him again. The movie closes with them running their shop. Uh, so, yeah, he feels very much like a device. Yeah, and that, which is, which is I like great that. Because there's so many films where the woman is just the device. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And that in itself is great. But yeah, there's like, um, it's definitely of its time. Oh, yeah. And I think as I was watching it, I was like, it's really easy watching. I mean, it takes us like 25 minutes to even get on the road to the party. Yeah. It's because it they're at the gym. Just, uh, they're really busy working out. Yeah, it's just really fascinating how everything has changed and I think how things have changed is mainly because of how we watch things now. So like Netflix and everything, it moves so quickly. We're used to things moving fast. If scenes aren't sharp and short, we're kind of over it. So Mm -hmm. 30 minutes for them to actually get in the car. Yeah. To get to start going to the party. In fact, it was longer than that, actually. I'm saying 30 minutes. I'm sure I clocked it and it was 45 I think she needs to just be like on everything. Yeah. She's yeah. she's so great. And I love and I kind of like that's why I loved watching that was I kind of forgot how great she was. Yeah, she's a scene stealer and she's stunning. Yeah. Like one of the things that really struck me the minute she was on screen, I was like, You are taking my breath away. Yeah. <laughs> like, um also quick point of order. The, the costuming is hilarious and it's I perfect. absolutely oh it's so great and I absolutely love when we get their flashback to them in high school I think they look sensational like I would wear those outfits now I would, I would be honoured to wear those yeah. outfits now they look great the fashion is fabulous I mm. aesthetically I don't have an issue with it personally oh. if I don't get a wet look waistcoat for a spin class, then I'm going to be disappointed. See, that was the other thing. I really loved that scene. I love that scene so much because I love the fact that they're dolled up to their dolled up to the nines in their own unique way, and they're wearing heels on the spin bikes. And I just think it's fucking great. I just, and I can't remember what um, she says. One of them makes a comment about the instructor. What does she say? Oh, it's just really funny. I can't remember oh, now. That's terrible. That it's um, a really good quote. It's it's just like in passing, like this bitch or something like that. It's just like it's it's really funny, and it's stuff like that in the writing. I think it's there that really undermines this whole like weight loss, like looking a certain way, kind of vibe. But it's not there enough because it's the nineties, and you know, yeah. women are still expected to be thin. Um, I mean that's that. I mean we suffer from that now. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, I think we love about it and I think is the, you know, the bully getting her comeuppance. Yeah. 
truly at the great. End, which is truly wonderful. And you've got the really the other kind of one that went at high school that was really bitchy that's actually moved on and kind of gone. Mm. And she's and a, an editor, lesbian. an editor at Vogue, and clearly a lesbian. Oh, but the fashion, the, yeah. the, what she chooses to wear to the to the reunion is like oh, it's stunning, fabulous. But it's just um, there's a hint of her being there on her own without a partner that I was like, we're going down in early nineties. We're basically, you know, given it that she is. Yeah, there's a subtle hint that. Yeah, I mean it's it it's up for interpretation about her sexuality, but she's definitely on her own, and there's perhaps a little bit of a suggestion. But this was pervasive in the nineties: the idea that women couldn't have it all. Like you couldn't be a career woman and and a wife, or like it's it's it's, it's a choice. You have to have one or the other. You can't have both of these things. And yeah, you're right, Elaine. It's like that's something that's still is present now i mean and that's a whole other thing that's not just about the film that's about how women are seen in society it's about being the caregivers and the ones that stay at home and the ones that sacrifice and that's a whole other that's a whole other kettle of fish right there elaine hendricks that's the name of the actress who played yes uh lisa it was lisa lisa luder i think is the character's name, yep, and Romain Michel, who ends up the uh, editor at Vogue. Yep, Elaine Hendricks. She's great. Like she her. Great. She's another, she's another um, scene stealer. I find her, like, mm-hmm. looking at her, I'm like, oh, your face. Yep. And um, I'm curious. Sorry to interrupt, but she no, played, no. Um, I'm interested that, like, you know, Misha, you go, oh, my God, your face. And I think she's absolutely stunning too. Yet most of the films that she was in in the 90s, she played that kind of bitch, and I put that in air quotes, character. Because the Mm -hmm. other one that I know from the 90s was The Parent Trap. Parent Trap. With uh, Lindsay Lohan. And she was the mum, wasn't she? She's the evil stepmum coming in and all of that. And it's just like, hmm. She's got one of those faces that has, it's that Cruella de Vil beauty, isn't it? The kind of like, yeah, she's got high cheekbones and so, yeah, she's got that kind of like very beautiful sculpted look about her, which is quite often synonymous in film and media with evil. Mm-hmm. Um, which is which is yes. also nice. What they do with her in in Romy Michelle is actually really nice because they, is. she is this very bold looking. She's styled to look very strong and. And, and sexy but harsh at the same time like she's gonna you know chew you up and spit you out but she's yeah she's got this um i mean it's obviously never fully explored because it's a sim it's a, it's a fairly simple simple movie it's not there for like deep character character development for everyone but you know it's implied that she never really liked bullying them that she was kind of just caught up in the slipstream of the popular kids and what um, is it Christy? Is it Christy who's the Queen Bee? Who's mm-hmm. the Regina George? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, she does have this sort of slightly, a little bit more complexity than your average teen movie, perhaps. I'm not sure. Um, Dynamic. And <laughs> Justin Thoreau as Clarence the Cowboy. Uh, basically haunting Janine Garofalo's character. Yeah. 
it's so random. Like it's really that's such a character I forgot about until I watched it again. I was like, oh my god, of course you're there in the background. It's just really funny. It doesn't really serve any particular purpose other than to make a point. It's her a happy ending. Well, yes, it does. But I think what it does for me is it makes a point about like the Janine Garofalo character is there to sort of make the point that everybody in high school maybe bar one or two went through hell like and the the climax for Janine Garofalo's character is to realize that she was making the yearbook girls life hell all through high school and similarly she was in love with Sandy Frank so Clarence was getting ignored so like it's just this sort of uh we're we're so in our heads in high school that we think it's all about us but it's really not and I think that was, but it is funny. It's so funny, the, the Clarence the Cowboy bit for me. It's I, just like, I mean, I I do love Clarence the Cowboy, but I do <laughs> want to pick up on the fact that Misha just said that she gets a happy ending because she got Clarence the Cowboy, and I was like, yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> but that's the function. But hey, it is what that is. That's the what the reason. No, I know, but that in itself is that it's feeding into she gets the guy, not the guy that she thought that she wanted, but she gets yeah. a guy. And therefore, she's now happy and buying a summery dress. Oh, yeah, the summery dress. <laughs> I mean, that I just kind of watched that and I went, okay, so we've had a woman who's clearly worn black for all of her life. And now she's got a shag. She's wearing a daisy dress. I call bullshit. Yeah. Because I'm sorry, but that daisy dress did absolutely nothing. Oh, it did hers. nothing for her. Boxy as fuck. I'm sorry. Did nothing for her, babe. Yeah. Stay was, black. Uh, Black was fabulous. I and, know she looked like a total boss. It was. I was very disappointed in um, Romy. Was it Romy that speaks to her at the end and says it looks really cute? You should buy it. Like okay. no, Romy, she doesn't look cute. It's a mess. It doesn't fit her right for a start, and it's just not. I'm not digging it. No, not digging well, that's it. the whole throwback to when she's in the um, Gucci shop and tells the woman, oh, that looks lovely on you, and then says to the guy, oh, yeah. I can tell anybody. <laughs> yeah, so, that's true. I forgot about I that. I mean, it is, it's like a character <laughs> thing of, like, clearly she's a good salesperson. Yep. Um, um, yeah, so that, that wee bit. What I also was, so when it started, I was like, right, okay, I'm watching the credits. I never watch the opening credits. Really? Yeah, I'm, I'm like, I just, I don't. I well now I do more than I ever used to and I like to count now until I see a female's name ah interesting I was counting a long fucking time Mm. what in this movie in the credits for um, a crew oh for crew oh I see what you mean right I'm with you I'm with you like so the end credits no 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 because at the start they do it too like because at the start it's all the kind of main names isn't it screenwriter cinematographer a sound like you've still got all of that and and producers and what's actually interesting is now there's at least I would say another five or six female names on top of what I was seeing in that yeah Um, I mean Robin Schiff wrote it so we know that we at least I mean I think it's very obvious that a woman wrote this because it it feels like a woman a woman wrote it mm-hmm. um but yeah I mean even now you like things like in those sort of more prominent crew roles director DP ADs 
you know, composers, like, you're hard-pressed to find a woman now in 2020, never mind 1997. So it's, in fact, actually, you know, you think about how many of these kinds of movies back then were written by women? So, like, Robin Schiff wrote this. Empire Records was Carol Heikinen, I think her name is. But that's the only two I can think of off the top of my head. Um, yeah, and all the other feminist movies. Who wrote Clueless? I'm just checking right now who wrote Clueless. I think it was a woman. Let's see. Amy Heckerling, of course. It was Amy Heckerling. Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, these are the ones that stand out. Somebody's as, bump, like, bumping something, Lou. I think it might be you. Oh, it's probably me. I was tapping. so sorry um and amy herkeling directed clueless as well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um i mean clueless is on our list right i think so if it's not it should be i mean a- amy herkeling's career is phenomenal um she directed fast times at Ridgemont high national lampoons european vacation look who's talking and clueless so like yeah. real like standout you know Big hitters of that yeah. of that decade of that era. Um, but, so yes, yeah, uh, so Tommy and Michelle's high school reunion. It's a great Sunday afternoon hangover film. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I still think it it deserves its place in the pantheon of nineties movies that we love because I oh, think yeah. it does do more than more than it probably set out to do i think it set out to be a fun fluffy movie about two female best friends and i think it does that and i think it does that quite well because actually short of the alan cumming like narrative device really it's all like there's not really there's no chasing of men what the movie's about is their relationship and and how traumatic it is for them when they fall out and then be, becoming friends again and realising that they just need to be themselves. And that is the most important thing about it. And that is the nicest thing is the, the importance that it puts and shows on female friendship and how actually that's what's long standing. Yeah. Not anything else. Everything else comes and goes. That's the thing that will stay yeah. there and will last the time. And there's a fabulous line that Lisa Kudrow has. Um, I think it's on the when they're on the couch hacking a plan to what they're going to do and say about themselves when they go to the reunion. And she says something like, I didn't know we weren't having fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I didn't know we weren't having a blast. And it's, it's really beautiful to, to the point where it's almost it's heartbreaking. Sad. Yeah. Yeah, because she's not been aware that they weren't fantastic and having a great time. Like, it, she sort of embodies... In that moment, she embodies what we should all be doing and thinking at all times. You know, we should be always, we'll always be like, well, I'm kind of doing my best and I think it's great. And I didn't realize I, didn't realize I was less or that I needed to do more. I'm just having a really good time hanging out yeah. with you and living my life. Um, and I, I mean, I do love also that only one of them has a job and that's the apartment that they have. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I also love that they they sleep in the same room in their little like oh they've God, got their their beds next to each other, yeah. and that the well, first, that's probably the first time we see it. them. 
<laughs> I know, but it's so cute. And the first time we see them is they're sitting up, fully made up, I might add, mm-hmm. in bed watching Pretty Women. And it's just, it's great. I did love that. Yeah. And they're, re- they're re-complimenting each other at the beginning as well. And they're like, you look amazing. Thank you. Yeah, I know. And it's yeah. that, how great yeah. does it feel that we can just say that and know that it's the truth and we don't look like assholes? <laughs> I'm like, yes, yes, yes. That's that my is, vibe in the morning. That is, go- I mean, that is great. And that is gorgeous. And every female should say that yeah. all the time. Teach. Look how cute we are. And like, each other. I think this is the cutest we've ever looked. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> and I just yeah. love that I, you get the sense that this is their routine and this is what they do. So I just, for me, in my head, I'm like, that's, they say that every time. They say that mm. every night and they go, this is the cutest we've ever looked. Mm-hmm. It's just... Yeah, I've so got nothing cute. to wear. Oh no, I've accidentally thrown in together my best outfit yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, and there's so- also, like, sorry, I just, just thinking about that scene and then when it segues into the club, I love how they're like, oh, there's no guys here tonight. Oh, well, should we just dance with each other? And they have a great time. And it's yeah. like... That also made me laugh, though, because, like... And maybe because I've been with Steve for forever and a day, but I, like, going to the club, even when I was single, was never about going for... to get a guy. It was always about to go and have a dance and have a laugh with my pals. Yeah. So that when that happens, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's cool. I mean, maybe for some people it was because they wanted, yeah, a shag. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, which is valid. It's absolutely. totally valid. Like uh, Misha representing the youth voice, the youth of the nation. Youth. Um, I'm what, sorry, I mean, you got me youth. Which means that you, well, before this anyway, you occasionally would go get up in the club. Am I right? Up like, in the club, yeah, I would be uh, busting them moves and shapes on the floor. I'm yep. cutting some shapes at the moment, which yeah. you can't Beautiful. see, probably for the benefit of the youth. I don't know. Obvious you know. representative. Beautiful. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, so, I, I cut shapes, but I guess like for, for sure there is the, um, you've got both sides of it. You've got some friends who you know are going out for the pool and there are other friends that are going out for dancing. And there are some nights where you think, kind of just want to meet someone and scoot off home other nights if anyone comes and talks to me they're getting a hand in the face because this is my night to move Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like I guess it's the same you have like the balance yeah of like sometimes and And I'm sure it's the same in the 90s yeah I'm sure it was the same in the 90s and I'd like to believe sure it's probably been the same forever forever. (laughs) they just like to make us think that it's not because really and I feel like I'd like to believe and hormones. that both Romy and Michelle, if one of them pulled that night, they would be very communicative and respectful to their bestie about discussing that. Is it okay that I go home? How are you feeling about that? I believe them to be those kind of gal pals. Yes. And they would make sure the other got the taxi home safely. Did you also notice that uh, Romy and Michelle, it doesn't appear that they drink? Because they go to the club and they order Diet Coke with extra cherries. Oh my God, yeah, they do. Which is God super bless cute them. as well. <laughs> um, I, I didn't they... clock on to that, but that is such a good point because they don't drink at the reunion either. They're just really quite pure in so many so ways. Pure. They're not really aware of 
there's a naivety about them yeah uh-huh and and that really comes to a head with um Mina Servino when she confronts Christy about being a really bad person you're just mean and cruel and you have a bad heart yeah and that's sad yeah and I think that's probably another one of my favorite things about the movie is that they are fundamentally they are and I think this is why it's good writing because they're present like if you look at the dvd cover or whatever if you look at the poster you're like you, you see a lot of stereotypes like it's designed to sort of fire those stereotypes about women at you mm-hmm. but what you get are two very sweet pure people who love each other very much and they're they don't have a bad bone in their body and that's another thing that i really like about the movie they're just there's they're not manipulative you know the worst thing they do is lie and about what they've achieved out of life and that becomes that becomes the main sort of arc of the third act like they shouldn't have lied they should have just been themselves and that's the worst thing that they do and that's really lovely as a message it is because it is it's saying be who you are because who you are is enough and is wonderful anyway you don't need to add on to it so it is yeah all of those messages are all of those messages are gorgeous i think the weight one got me straight away but that's a personal thing and that's like a bit of a pet peeve of mine oh for sure and i think that yeah I was just like, Don't oh get me wrong. God, no wonder growing up in the 90s, we were so fucking... Oh, it's messed us all up. Like, also, I say that though, but also in the 90s, heroin chic was a huge thing. Like, yeah. you know, like, it was everywhere. It was in every magazine you bought. It was so, you know, yeah. And did you know they what? call it heroin chic as well? Oh, yeah, that was like... Yeah, that's that actually what they called it? Called like it. a coined phrase, phrase. yeah. Kate do you know what we should do? Heroin chic. We should make a point of like clocking that. Any of the movies that we choose from this point forward, mm. we should clock any time there's something in the writing that makes a reference, even if it's just a throwaway gag like that, like I'm on mm. the diet of three jelly beans a week or whatever. Like just how many, how, because you know, now that you've said it, it is really pervasive, particularly in 90s teen fodder. It comes up time and time again. Yeah. Diets, how are you dieting? Will you fit into that? She's a size six, whatever. Like it, comes up again and again and again and you know a lot of the times it will probably be used to make a point about it being stupid but it's still there because it's part of our culture or it it certainly was part of our culture then in a way that was never never lambasted the way it is now like you wouldn't get I don't think you'd get away with it quite as much now Um, um which is good, like fuck. But then it's got other platforms, though, doesn't it? Now it's got yeah. social media platforms. It's got you know celebrities that endorse all the detox teas and all that. So it's a it's on a whole other. Mm-hmm. When all the fillers and the yeah. like surgeries. Well, I mean, a good example in to bring it right up to date in the current last week, the way the internet lost its damn mind when Adele posted on Instagram uh-huh. for first time mm-hmm. in ages, and she's she's lost a lot of weight, and that's. As long as she's happy. As long as she's happy, that's fine, but it's... I said this to somebody because somebody was like, oh my God, have you seen Adele? And I just went, do you know what? Just as long as Adele's happy and Adele has done it for Adele because one minute as a female, she's criticised for being too big and now she's lost weight. She's been praised for it. But I, and I actually said to the person, I went, but give it a month or give it two months and there'll be articles Adele's friends fear for her life as she is too skinny. Wait for it. 
wait for it. Or the other side of the coin, which is to be criticised for previously being the poster child or poster woman for being bigger and yeah. being successful and being in the media. So she'll get people, she'll get detractors on the other side yeah. saying, oh, well, you weren't really about that at all. You've just lost all the weight and what did that mean? But the thing, like, even just somebody reacting like, oh, in Adele. Even that, just just that annoyed me. The fact that it was trending worldwide that mm-hmm. this woman had lost a couple of stone. Not even yeah. like I don't even know if it was as much as that. Like I I, I don't know. I don't I, I don't I, know. I didn't actually look. I thought I looked at her and I went, she looks great as long as she's happy because she's going through a divorce, guys. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the babe's got other stuff going on, so let's you know let's also take that into account. Maybe she's lost so yeah. much weight because she's fucking miserable. But it's the fact that that is the that is the anchor of the conversation around Adele not has she got a new album coming out or mm-hmm. how is she how is she writing and creating in this moment mm-hmm. of lockdown and what's she been up to with her career or any of this stuff it's like and, and it's, it's the extent to which people went nuts like the fact that it was trending on two different hashtags worldwide for the whole week that really to me spoke volumes of the level of obsession that we have about weight. With women and their weight mm-hmm. particularly women who are in the media with any profile yeah like everybody had something to say about it and even even if that's good things even if that's she looks sensational and good for her it's still like contributing to this riotous noise about a woman's body it's like who cares who cares whether she lost weight who cares if she gained weight like has it changed her voice and her songwriting ability yeah so fuck off exactly leave it It out really it really bothered me and and i agree with you elaine this stuff this stuff kind of gets to me it gets really under my skin as someone who has struggled with her weight over the last five or so years um you're fucking beautiful you're a fucking babe but it's not it's i'm very very aware that the little gremlin in my head is because of what is being fed to me through social media and through film and through tv and what i've been told that i should look like to be valid mm-hmm. and even as a an older woman in my 30s who feels very confident in many other aspects that still can get under my skin enough to make me feel shit yep for the rest of the day like the adele thing really affected me because i was like well this is what we celebrate this is it really we can I had this really dark moment where I was like, we can lie to ourselves as much as we like, that it's not important, but it clearly fucking is. It's clearly the most important thing. And I had to kick my own arse a little bit. I had to like go that that's not, that it's not true. It's not true. And you have to remember that, but it got under my skin. And I think that's, I think it's really toxic. Mm-hmm. Um, But it's toxic because it's been under, it's the undercurrent that's been there for so long. So even if it's not like being the kind of the headline heroin chic, as it maybe was in the 90s, even the comments like, oh, I went on this diet, oh, I'm losing weight, oh, I mean, even me and Elaine just commenting on our own self-tapes, oh, our fat face. And, And it's like, it's all these little things Whereas I, I kicked Elaine's arse for her saying that she had a fat face. And then I proceeded to say, I've got a fat face and she had to kick my arse back. Yeah. And then you just think, so why are we still perpetuating that? that? It's the kind of, the really small underlying sinister thread that you can, it's the... Um, 
it's interesting that's there and it infiltrates everything even if you don't necessarily know it's there so I'm yeah. saying that about that so I am um, I always send uh, when I do self-tapes or whatever I'm doing I'll send it to um, people but I always send it to Jen because she's a director but she's also my friend and she's known me for years and she knows like anyway so I sent her um, self-tape the other day and I was like what do you think she was like why is there so much space above your head I want to see you make the camera come <laughs> closer to your face and I was like I don't want the fucking camera closer to my fat face are you joking because what I see is not what because you know, when I was younger, I didn't have tits. I didn't have, I was super skinny. But then, you know, you get older, you get comfy, yeah. you get uh, lots of different things like, you know, uh, endometriosis can have one or two effects on you. You can either really lose weight or you can gain weight. My metabolism is slow. My uh, estrogen is dropping. All of that, all the things that help women stay in a certain weight has changed so therefore I have to try and deal with that and then it's like and I don't like that um she says that she has a beer but hey ho because don't deny yourself also, also that's the thing life is really short really short and um so what to be a size 10 size 8 I'm not going to have the things that I enjoy. So I'll get to die and go, yeah, I was really skinny, but I was fucking miserable. It's the, the line from Notting Hill that I always remember when um, it's the fight over the last brownie. Yes, I love that bit. Right, and they're like, okay, you know, and Gina McKee's giving it, you know, I'm in a wheelchair and all of that. And Julia Roberts' character says, I've been hungry for 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm well, just like, that's true. Julianne Moore actually said in an interview, they asked her about it and she went, yeah, I've been hungry for 10 years. Yeah. Fuck that shit. I am not nice when I'm hungry. It's, it's something really interesting. And that's why it's great to have somebody in the media now, like Jamelia Jamil, who points this stuff out. But similarly, Chris Pratt, because of, he, do, he does this thing on his Instagram um, where he's basically, it started off as a joke, but he, the point he was making was in order to to be these like buff mm-hmm. hero characters in the films that he, he, he does, he has to, like that's a whole operation to get him to look like that. Like he has a nutritionist, a chef, a personal trainer. He works out seven days a week. And he said, candidly, like, like the, it came out of a series he was doing on his Instagram story called What's My Snack? And it was like, what is the thing that I am allowed to eat today? And it would be like this tiny little like square of like flapjack or something. And he'd be like, I'm really hungry. This is my only snack today. If I eat this, I don't get anything else. Right. Okay. I'll be fine. And then he comes back and he's like, I ate my snack because I'm really fucking hungry. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like he was making the point that this is all like to look if you are not naturally because people people are naturally curvy or they're naturally skinny and that's fine but see if you are not naturally inclined that way but you have you you want to fit a certain box that the media says that's what you need to that's what you need to look like it's hella hard work and it is about denying yourself and being undernourished and 
like you say, Elaine, like that's just fucking misery. Like it's misery. And yet it takes so much time. It takes so mm-hmm. much time and effort and money because you need to be eating the right things and you need a personal well, trainer to tell too. you to do the right things. And this is why I'm so glad that Jamila Jamil has started this conversation openly that it's not real. Like no, you can't do that as a normal person. You can't, because as normal people, we can't, if we just, if we never eat any carbs or never had a glass of wine, like, or just like, I just worked out constantly every day. Like that's not a way to live a life. <laughs> like It's just horrible. And I'll never forget this. This ties back into this heroin chic thing. It stuck with me for so long. I remember Kate Moss said something in an interview where she said, nothing tastes as good as skinny, skinny feels. feels. And I was just like, that stayed with me that all of these years. It's a that's ha- fucking bullshit. It is it's a horrible a thing to say. Things. Yeah, <laughs> lots of things to say. Yeah, let me give you my fucking feels. list. Uh, and it's horrible. It's damaging and horrible. Um, yeah. So there I, we go. I suppose what we should say at this that, point is that like, Romeo and Michelle has triggered, triggered this conversation. Mm. So if there's, So there is that. The movie had that in it. Yeah, it definitely did. Oh, I boy. think because... Actually, I think it does stand out so much because actually when you look at it, the relationships that they try to put forward, that they do put forward are positive between the two of them and the importance of all of that and the importance of standing up for yourself and believing in who you are and accepting where you are in your life at that point doesn't mean that it's not going to change as we see in the six months flash forward and they've got their own job. It's, (laughs) but it's, you know, um, on Rodeo Drive, which is hilarious. Good luck with that. Um, <laughs> but it's the it's the one thing that kind of is like, oh, okay. So it's still though, if they weren't skinny, if they weren't. Well, skinny. we don't. We we don't know because you know the thing is, we even now we don't have an example in the nineties all the way through the early two thousands where we see characters certainly not in lead roles female characters that are bigger than a size 10 i can only think about the girl in um this is us i'm not even that familiar with that i can't think who that is um i'll find her name and also actually the the girl that played um the a yearbook chick what's her name is it terry oh yes Uh uh-huh She's in like a law and order or something. She's like, and she's, she's successful. But the fact that I can name only two. So I've got, and this is like a slightly later step because it's me. I'm sorry. Jamie Lee Spears in Zoe 101 and Raven and that's so Raven. They, I like those are the programs that I watched, like those kind of Disney channels when I could get my hands on a Disney channel um, household. Because um, I don't have Disney Channel, still cry about it. Don't worry about it. Oh, sorry, moving chairs. Um, yeah, but they—I felt watching them, they weren't stick thin. They were, but they were really curvy. So I've got a total complex about—it's not a complex. It's just a different kind of thing in my head of this, um, like good hips. Because I felt both of them had really nice hips. And I always looked at them and I remember I used to like draw like little dresses. I would like design little fashion dresses and all the models I um, designed my little outfits on always had a really like tight hourglass figure because that seemed to be the kind of shape that was more in fashion um, in the programs that I was watching. 
and obviously there were some girls that were like still the really like really slender um yeah beanpole frame but um that kind That's of been really tight hourglass is what I'm really panicky about so I like I'm constantly well, that's quite common even now. It's the hips. Yeah. That's yeah, quite that common even now, isn't that. it, with the Kardashian thing, where it's like big, big, massive boobs, tiny little waist, and then an ass and a big booty. Yeah. yeah um, I saw. Yeah, I saw that really and interesting ass. picture. They sing today. it in uh, Chorus Line in the seventies. Chorus Line, yeah. But it's the thing nice. is, it's like that's equally unachievable. You can't yeah. like that's out of proportion. Like nobody can have. Well, apart from Kim Kardashian, apparently, huge tits, a tiny waist, and that you know. Your body can't Big do ass. that, though. Yeah, like, some people's body can, but not everybody's, and the mo- mm-hmm. the majority of bodies won't because everybody's think, different. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it's always it's always about getting out of your own head. Like uh, an actress friend of mine who I know from my New York days, she's stunning, absolutely beautiful, but she's stick thin. She's very naturally. She's got that kind of supermodel willowiness but it's mm-hmm. completely natural she doesn't work out she eats whatever she wants but for her she looks in the mirror and wishes she had curves so she doesn't like what she mm. sees but a lot of people look at her and go oh my god she's a supermodel that's the ideal but she hates it so it's it's all it's because of the messaging warps our brains and it's always about what you don't have yeah um well it's to make us want to buy it isn't it really yeah mm-hmm. um but uh Aye, it's interesting and really, really, it's it, it's a, it's such a struggle. It's really hard to undo that programming, mm-hmm. really hard. Because, mm-hmm. you know, listening to all of us, because we do it all the time in our WhatsApp group and, you know, generally just like, oh, I look fat or I look like this or whatever. And I we, we, they, we then beg each other up and say, no, you don't. Stop being so ridiculous. And Chris pointed out the other day, because when I was having a bad day looking in the mirror and basically calling myself Jabba the Hutt, and he said, listen to yourself. Like, if somebody said that about one of your friends, you would fucking end them. You would floor them. You would, if you, if you, one of your friends said that about themselves, you would end them. <laughs> so why are you saying about yourself? Like, you wouldn't tolerate that from anyone yeah. else. You would tolerate somebody saying that about somebody or your friends saying about themselves. So why are you doing it to yourself? I would and never say the things to any other human being that I say to myself. Yeah. How yeah, sad exactly. is that? And that is really sad. It's really sad. So let's stop cry it, guys. Let's stop little, it. Let's make cry a pledge here and now. Yeah. Did you say a little fag break? A little cry break. A oh, little cry okay. break. Do you know what's really slimming? Cigarettes. Cigarettes, yeah. <laughs> we should pro- properly going in on all 90s there. <laughs> so can I just bring it right back? Uh-huh. Because I was taking notes, I made a note. And I just need to know if this was a thing or if this was if this was a Romy and Michelle thing. Mm-hmm. School books tied together with a thick belt. I think just in America. I think that was an American thing. Here. That makes more yeah. sense. Because that's kind of into it. this as well. That's I was into it. It's cute. It's uh, I've seen it in cartoons and stuff like that. I've seen it in, in, in TV shows, American TV shows. I think it was a, a thing think. in America, but no. Which is mad when you think about it because they have lockers and we don't. Yeah. So it's like, why, why? why didn't you just put it in your locker? What's going on there? So what is our next pick? Ooh. Ooh. Shall we watch Clueless next? Because we've talked about it a lot this time. Yeah, it feels like, it feels like yeah. the right one. The next step. I'm hoping that we'll get more of a 
response on social media for the next time we do this well feel like- we've not been very good at reminding people and i think it's a little bit overwhelming right now i'm to gonna fair, say it's locked out. Point. it's, lo- it's locked out. <laughs> um, well, it's locked out. what else are you doing other than paying attention to what we say on social media hello what else are you doing hello. anyone listening anybody there sorry are you there dad um, uh, I am more than happy with Clueless because I can probably still recite the script line for line. Yeah, and I would love a discussion around Amy Heckerling after we yes. watch that because she is yeah. really quite an important figure uh, for women in film. Yes. Should um, we get her on a podcast? Let's get her on the podcast. Let's tweet do Amy. that. When you listen to this, drop us an email. Tweet, tweet us at gmail.com. Oh, that would be sensational. I wonder if we could get uh, Carol Heike, um, who wrote uh, Empire Records. Just she's on Twitter. She's quite active on Twitter. All right, Lou, get on it. I'll get on it. Shift your sumps. Slide into those DMs. Do you know what I mean? Fly right in. Very quiet in there. Come on in. Um, we have some amazing guests coming up. Actually, um, we've recorded some brilliant um podcasts yes indeed you are not wrong few weeks um are you gonna share are you gonna share are you gonna let let our listeners know who they are um, no 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 we can totally share um so next week uh we will so that's next friday what date will that be holy moly well when this one is going out tomorrow tomorrow so the 15th so the next 22nd 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 um i we're going to put out kimberly kate tomorrow right, next week um she is an american um film actress a producer all-round amazing human screenwriter a amazing human being most people will know her from bill and ted's bogus adventures August journey journey and the other one what was the other one what was the first one Bill and excellent, Ted's excellent adventure. adventure you are yeah. very lucky I'm here yeah I know I know totally um so that will be uh, next week and then the week after and the reason I'm going to do it the week after is that the show that Jamie uh, Lapsley has been working on comes out on the 29th of May which will be the following <gasps> Friday um, superb yeah. so Timing. That, that podcast, guys, is um, beautiful. I cried numerous times throughout that podcast. <laughs> I was sad I couldn't join you guys for I that know, one. I, I know it was, um, but Jamie is uh, amazing, and um, I'm a little bit in love. I'm very excited. I'm very excited about that one dropping. It's going to be good. Yeah, and then yeah. Um, I have a friend of mine who's an opera singer, and actually, this is. We had a fascinating discussion on bodies and age of women and how it varies in the um, different industries. So it's really interesting. Good stuff. Good That's stuff. Very relatable to what we've just talked about. Yeah. Indeed. And anybody else so wants to slide into our demons? <laughs> We're always haunted on these podcasts. I know, right? Which woman? <laughs> Yeah, uh, anybody else that fancies sliding on into those DMs, come on the pod. 
Yeah, and if anyone out there who listens has somebody that they'd like to suggest oh, as yeah. a guest who they think would be up for joining us, um, do it. Please do. Yeah, us. let us know because, you know, we're doing this in lockdown now, so Zoom no people will be home. Yeah, we chat their door. <laughs> chat their run. <laughs> <laughs> oh, marvellous. All right. Um, okay, then. Did, okay, we, my girls. did we unpack Romy and Michelle? I think we did. I think she was unpacked. Do we, do we, should we decide problematic or fine? I think is it's she, fine. Is she a patriarchy smash or a feminist clash? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> oh, Mish, Ooh. that was, oh, guys, I just wanted to say that was entirely off the cuff. That was not planned. Mish just dropped that scorched the earth with her genius that was amazing oh what a girl absolutely amazing what a girl what a girl um i'm just gonna bust that bubble i'm sure i've used it in some of our uh, branding um, well don't care don't care don't care it's amazing it's great work (laughs) great work i'm glad you think so because i felt like it didn't get the response i needed when i'd like written it up in whatever we posters i'd made us (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna go with patriarchy smash I think so. I think. Consider yeah. it smashed. I don't think it's. It's on the low end of the scale. Like if we if we're if we're looking at these things a scale, as a, yeah. on a on a scale uh, with patriarchy smash on the far left and feminist clash on the far right, I think it probably sits just just on the sort of just beyond the middle towards yeah. patriarchy I would, smash. I, I would agree with that because it yes. does push female relationships to the fore. And it does have two women in the lead. Um, and it was written by a woman. It was written by a woman. It was also very white. That was the other oh. thing. Oh, it was and it was quite heteronormative. White. It was very white. But it was the 90s. It's not really an excuse. White and heteronormative. Yeah. Louise is frozen. Thanks for coming. Thanks, Louise. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Uh, You've been chen along with... <laughs> We'll just wait. I'm so tired tonight. I feel like I've just got. Oh, I'm oh back. there she's back. Hello. She's back. Oh. Sorry, don't know what happened there. It's okay. I froze. I'm back. We did. <laughs> We're just saying. We just said it was very white, very heteronormative. Yeah. But hey, yeah. yes. I think part of that as well is that we're going to have to kind of deal with that a little bit with some of these films, which is hugely disappointing. But yeah. I think we can't uh, go back in time, we can only keep moving things forward. It would appear that to the film industry, black people weren't invented until 1998. Ah, so, yeah. yeah, that appears to be what they thought. Because, yeah, Romy Michelle, I'm pretty sure, I, I was trying to pay attention, and I don't think there is a single person of colour in the entire movie. There oh, is. Apart from Ramon. No. There is. Ramon, who works with Michelle. He's Mexican, I think. Yeah, he's oh, yeah, yeah. So the, the guy that wants to sleep with her. Yeah. Yeah. So like the sleazy stereotype. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So real Latin lover type character. Yeah, yeah right. great yeah. Uh, tick in that box. Thanks very much. So there definitely was um, in the, one of the scenes when it's the dream sequence and she's looking out, accepting the award for like, you know, queen of the prom or whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> yeah. um, it's all totally white. 
but then when it's in actual time and they're cutting through and it's much more there's more close-ups there's like a um four asian students and then there's a couple of black people and i was just like okay wow, wow great well done so because the extras in, casting so yeah. yeah yeah um but yeah um okay leaving that to the side it can have a slight patriarchy smash yeah a soft patriarchy a soft a, a patriarchy tap uh-huh. a patriarchy yeah it's more like a yeah it's like a tap on the wrist isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. just a wee or patriarchy side eye like a wee patriarchy <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so well done Romy and Michelle and Michelle we're still going to watch you mm-hmm. on a Sunday when we're hungover it's all good yep. um and as always guys stay nasty, stay nasty. Stay nasty. Amazing.